0: Welcome to the Homegrown Remix Podcast. We will be tackling the tough questions that eat at your faith. Throughout the year, four students will dissect, discuss, and comment on each week's topic. And now, please welcome our host and president of Crossroads Farm, Doug Rutledge.
1: Hi, and welcome back to another week on the podcast. We have four amazing students here with us. Uh, Do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? I'm Ben. Where do you go to school, Ben? I'm homeschooled. And how long have you been coming to Crossroads?
2: Uh, this is my second year.
1: Amazing. My
2: name is Katie. I'm also homeschooled, and I have come to Crossroads since my freshman year.
0: I'm going to um, what were the questions again. Where do you go to school, Graydon? I'm homeschooled, and this is my sixth year at Crossroads.
3: I'm Abby Affelter. I go to Reading High School, and I've been going here since sixth grade.
1: Amazing. So for the people who do go to school, was this your first week back for the new year? Second week. Second week. Yeah. And how's it going?
3: It's good. We don't have school tomorrow, so that's good. What? <laughs> Our What's tomorrow?
1: Our oh. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Oops. What about you homeschoolers?
0: When do you guys did you guys We already started? You
1: already started?
0: I started the day after Christmas, so What?
1: Mm. I'm going to have to talk to your principal. <laughs> Go
0: fight
1: it. <laughs> okay, so who did we talk about tonight? Gideon, right? And what was kind of Gideon's big mantra? What was his, like, core belief?
3: It shouldn't be me.
1: Right. So I think Gideon is, like, again, He's the he's the least of all the tribes, right? And he's, like, just uh, carrying all these burdens and insecurities that it shouldn't be me. Um, I'm not qualified. And he realizes like that he can't do it on his own. Right? So all the stories that we've been talking about this year, as Doug mentioned is really talking about people who can't do it on their own. And I don't think it takes much for us to realize that does it? And sometimes we're all embarrassed and we like to hide our problems. What are some of the ways that you guys hide from problems or challenges? What are some problems and challenges? Life is hard, guys. Let's hear it.
3: I tend to overfill my schedule when I mm-hmm. have problems, so I don't have mm-hmm. to think about it. I'll be
2: honest. I just fake it, and then like when I'm by myself, like just let it all out. Fake but it till you make it. Pretty much.
0: Bottle it up. I do the same as Abby. Uh, if I have problems, I just work as much as possible, so then I don't have to think about them.
1: Distractions. What about you, Ben? I just get him over with. Just get over your problems. Yep. <laughs> okay, so you face them head on. Mm-hmm. Speak to your mountain. Uh, sometimes I like to go to the gym. You know what I mean? Uh, working out or something, just kind of like get your, you know, you focus on something else instead of instead of the pain of the problem. It's the pain of your physical body just deteriorating, <laughs> right? So there was that. Um, any Enneagram sevens in the room? Huh? A lot of Enneagram sevens, the enthusiasts, like to just like. Find something fun to do to distract themselves.
3: Sometimes,
1: sometimes. Sometimes, Abby? Yeah. So, the next question we have is, do you think God needs to prove it's him before we do what he asks us to do? And I'm guessing the obvious answer is what? No, right? But why?
0: I would say, yeah, he doesn't need to prove himself, but, like, I feel like it tends to help us as humans we tend to doubt things like that and so a lot of time I feel like it helps us when he does it's like okay like I know for sure now that I'm doing the right thing
1: it's a confidence boost right so like what are those what are some of those things that you're afraid God might ask you to do what are those like things that you're probably most insecure about if I were insecure about being short I'd be like really afraid if God asked me to be an NBA player you know what I mean could be intimidating what about you guys
0: Public speaking I would say uh, sharing my faith with other people mm-hmm. non-believers yeah
2: this year I recently just went to home school so like mm-hmm. going from public school to home school is definitely like a big adjustment and I did not want to do it but mm-hmm. I'm definitely glad I did Wow
3: I would say something like missionary work if God called me to um, change where I lived or um, like go to another country and like, communicate the Bible to people, I feel like that would be difficult.
1: So, Graydon, if God asked you to share your faith, what would it take for you to have confidence to do that? Would it take this fleeces wet versus dry test? What, what's, what's your test? What would you do?
0: Um, I would say something like, just in the moment, like, if I had clarity... And if you gave me, like, a calmness about it, mm-hmm. I feel like that would really help because I'm normally really nervous around people, so. What
1: about you, Abby? Tomorrow, you get a call and, you're like, we need you to be a missionary in... who Australia. Who kn- Australia. <laughs> um, What would it take for you to get up and move and do that?
3: I think if things open up, like, I was provided, like, a plane ticket or um, someone from from that area called me or something. Like, just something that wouldn't normally happen that happened out of the ordinary by God.
1: Just like, oh, that's a super coincidence.
3: Yeah.
1: So, oftentimes, God will make it seemingly difficult to pursue what he might be asking you to do. So, in Gideon's case, he took away all the weapons and the people, right? What would would happen if... Let's keep using abby's example he said i want you to go to australia and i don't want you to fly there because we have covid and if you want to get on an airplane you got to get a vaccine or maybe something else all the airplanes are broken uh that would be interesting but say he like made it really difficult why do you think he does that he's like you need to swim to australia
3: I think in the same way we test God, he wants to test us. Mm, So like to see um, what our reaction would be, maybe like to see if we're actually willing to put in more effort and not just give up when it gets tough.
2: He might just be waiting to see what our reaction is going to be to it being harder. Because like a lot of times God tells you to do something and you're like, that's not going to happen. But sometimes you don't react in the correct way.
0: Uh, I would agree with Abby, like, um, it you, you test God and so then he tests you back and he wants to make sure you're committed to this. Like, he doesn't, if he does all the work, then it doesn't really do anything because he could have done it without you then. So he wants you to put in some work too because I guess that's good. It brings him more glory. Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: So we've been kind of talking about a lot of hypotheticals. But when have you had, and I'm sure we all have, had your own Gideon moment in life already? Where was that like, that should have never happened, it should have never been me, but somehow, some way, God did a thing. Go ahead and take a moment to just think about that. I mean, it could be anything. I, I am a romanticist, capital R, so I don't believe anything happens by coincidence. I, you know, everything's a miracle to me. And so, like, even just being in this room is kind of like a crazy... Have you ever thought about, like, your life to this moment? Like, for me, I was born in Vietnam, and I lived in an orphanage for three and a half years, and I don't really know or remember exactly what that was like, but it's crazy to think, like, okay, God decided to move me to Michigan. I mean, it could have been sunny Florida. I wouldn't have been mad, (laughs) but he moved me to cold Michigan, and he brought me to Hillstill college and then he by happenstance brought me to pine ridge pine ridge brought me to crossroads and here i am all those years later in the middle of kind of nowhere but exactly at the same time where god wants me to be what about you guys what are those moments in life
3: um our family went through an adoption process mm-hmm. through ethiopia And it was kind of out of the blue. We weren't really expecting to go through with it. We kind of took it as like, not a joke, but like, oh, well, maybe it'll happen. But um, there seemed to be steps that open up like the exact amount of money that it would have taken to um, complete the adoption. Mm -hmm. And um, we got to, or my parents got to go um, to Ethiopia to visit um, my brother but um, it fell through, and the adoptions closed, and it was like seemingly like why, why did he use our family if it wasn't going to work out. And But since then, we've been able to um, provide money and clothes and food and a way for him to live from overseas. So it's really cool to see how, how many steps... We thought it was in the wrong direction, but God used different steps or used a different path to um, get it to almost the same place. Mm -hmm.
2: This happened a while ago, but we had a situation with my dad and we weren't really sure how it was going to go through and it almost led my parents to divorce. It was just like a lot of arguing and everything. And we decided to move out of our hometown and move into Hanover and just kind of start fresh and our family has never been tighter but during the times of like my parents arguing and stuff we weren't really sure like what was gonna happen and i know me and my brother had like a lot of like good heart to hearts about like what we would do what parent we would choose because we didn't want to go in between houses it was just like why is god choosing this and then he just brought our family closer together
0: i'd say one thing for me is uh this happened recently this winter and uh so my neighbor had a stroke and half his body was paralyzed and the only heat for his house was with wood. And so I was able to, I, someone else got in contact with me, told me about it. And so I was able to provide him with heat this summer, I mean this winter, cause I cut wood for our family. So I guess that's a big moment for me.
1: So I guess here's kind of a practical question. What is something that you think God might be asking you to do? It it doesn't have to be a missionary in Australia. It's (laughs) something he might be asking you to do tomorrow or consider doing this semester. Um, For me, I have this uh, friend from high school who's an atheist. I grew up with him, uh, played soccer with him, and he's a little old-fashioned, so we rewrite letters back and forth. We're pen pals, but... I think God has been, like, asking me and burdening me with, like, sprinkling more and more of my faith into our communications, right, and to be more bold about it. So, I mean, that's just a real simple, easy thing that God is kind of asking me to do, but it still is like, hmm, I don't know, like, I've been friends for him forever, I've invited him to things before in the past, why now, like, are you sure, those types of
3: things. Um, I think mine is definitely God has placed on my heart that He wants me to pray for my team, like pray with my basketball team before games. Mm-hmm. But like, it's always I'm always before I'm like, should I really ask? Is it really like important? Do will they think I'm weird? Like, so I've done it a couple times and it went went fine. So I don't know why I still have these feelings, but it's definitely still on my heart that he wants me to pray with my team.
0: I would say one thing that's been on my heart for a while is uh, witnessing to my coworkers.
3: Those are the hardest,
1: aren't they?
0: Yeah, because it's like, I don't...
1: Because it's not like they're really your friends. I mean, they might be, but it's like, it's just happenstance. Like, okay, you're just kind of in my life, incidentally,
0: like... mm. Yeah, and, and you don't want to, like, make things awkward and, mm-hmm. and be stuck looking with them.
1: Be like, oh, Graydon's that guy, and now, you know. Yeah. Ugh.
2: To go off of what Graydon said, I work at a place where it's mostly adults. There's only me and one other, like, younger person, but she's still, like, 19, 20. But her and I both go to church. We go to the same home church, but nobody else really like talks about it and when her and i are like talking about it everybody kind of like gives us like weird looks so i mean maybe if we like talk to them about it maybe explain it to them more we wouldn't get the looks that we get
1: i think one of maybe the biggest challenges to going after these things is feeling like we're enough yeah like gideon didn't feel like he was enough right maybe we don't feel like we're enough to witness to our co-workers or to to pray in front of our basketball team because either our coworkers would judge us or our teammates are too cool for us and we don't wanna be not cool. What are some of those pressures that make you question whether you're enough? Is it, do you think it's social media?
2: I think social media has a big impact on people. I can't really talk because I do have social media and I do use Mm -hmm. social media quite a bit. But, I mean, like, you see kids that act one way at school, and then they're, like, posting about them going to church and everything, and you're mm. like, you don't practice that. Like, you're not like that at school. You're not like that when it's just you and I. So, I mean, I think it's more like practice what you
1: preach for me. I think another thing with social media is, like, it's everybody's kind of curated life, right? So it's like you, you're you scrolling through... P- Perfect images of perfect... So, you know, quote-unquote, perfect people, right? And then you just are sitting, maybe, in your bed, and you're like, What the heck? I can't share my faith with my co-workers because, like, I'm not perfect, and I don't... Like, you know when I mean? you start talking negatively about yourself because of what you're seeing, right? Um, so I definitely... And it's tough, because social media could also be a great platform. Like, I think the Apostle Paul would be stoked about social media because it's an opportunity... To share your faith with hundreds and thousands and millions of people, but it's been so misused. Do you guys feel like there's a pressure to fit in at school or on your basketball team?
2: At my old school, there was a big pressure about wanting to fit in at Hanover, but since I moved schools, I would say I feel more happy to go to volleyball practice, to go to school, because like, I don't... I don't want to say I don't care anymore, but I really don't care because people are going to think what they think and you're not going to get along with everyone that, like, crosses your path. But at the same time, just because you don't like them or don't get along with them doesn't mean you can't be nice. Mm
3: -hmm. I think the pressure to fit in definitely gets tougher as you get older because, like, friend groups get, like, tighter and tighter and, say, like, a new student moves and, like they're kind of stuck on the outside because friend groups have been together for so long. But I also think just the idea, like I'm a freshman on a varsity basketball team, so like who am I to go and be bragging about how good Jesus is or praying in front of my team, like it's just the idea that maybe they'll think I'm trying to be better than them or yeah, just that idea.
1: Sounds like Gideon right there. All right, we'll end with just your final takeaways on, uh, I don't know, the talk or the story of Gideon. What are those parting thoughts? Like, hey, I should go after that thing that God's asking me to do. Or, hey, I might be honest with myself and say I need a, a fleece moment where God shows himself to me and I would, you know, I should be praying more about that or what are what's your takeaway?
3: I really liked what Doug said. Like when we're too busy trying to live a full life where we don't have time to live an empty life to be filled by God. Mm-hmm. Like when we are full of ourselves, it's really truly empty. But when we empty ourselves to be filled by God, it's more of a fulfilled life. I agree. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I concur. <laughs> Alright, well, I'll leave you with my takeaway. I I just want to quickly highlight the jars that they hid lights in, right? Like, let's think about this. It's written in the Bible all the time that he's the potter, we're the clay, right? And these are clay jars with lights inside of them. And so the big takeaway there for me is like, Those things were broken to reveal light, right? Even broken jars, even broken vessels shine light. Broken crayons still color. Broken mirrors still reflect light. Like, God can use anything, even our broken selves. So let's just live in that this week. So, all right, guys, you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. And we will see the rest of you listeners next week.
0: Crossroads Farm is happy to share coffee joy with you through the delicious rich roast coffee. You can order yours by contacting the CRF office at crossroadsfarm.org. And contact us to learn about our innovative ministry curriculum, The Arms of a Servant Leader, a four-year strategic discipleship training resource. Follow us on Facebook at Crossroads Farm, Crossroads Farm Northwest, and Crossroads Farm RCI.
3: Also on Insta and Twitter.